Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Experiences Unexplained. My name is Jesse Clark, and I am the host of this podcast. On this show, we talk about anything and all things paranormal, whether it be a ghost story, UFO sighting, anything. And specifically, we like to hear people's personal paranormal experiences. So if you've ever experienced anything strange or unusual, whether it be paranormal or something you just can't explain, I'd love to hear your story. If you have a story you'd like featured on this show, simply call our hotline at 1-270-290-0900. By calling this number, you can record a voicemail of you telling your story, and that recording will actually be used on a future episode. You can also visit our website at experiencesunexplained.com and click on the Submit Your Experience tab. Here you can fill out a contact form and simply just type out your story and I will read it on the podcast. Also, feel free to reach out on our social media accounts at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you message me on there, I will try to get back to you and maybe we can find a better way for you to submit your story. And if you are enjoying this podcast so far, as I say every week, feel free to share this podcast with anyone and everyone that you think would also enjoy this podcast. I would love to see the audience grow and open up more possibilities of receiving stories from all over the globe. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do me a favor and leave a positive five-star review on the podcast listening app of your choice. Now, for tonight's episode, I have a very special guest here with me. It's actually my best friend, Marcus. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you and you've been a listener to this show, you'll know that I have mentioned Marcus in previous episodes. He was actually there and witnessed the time that me, him, and my brother were having a pillow fight at my childhood home, and my brother was mysteriously pushed down the steps. He was there for that. And if you remember the episode where I was speaking with my wife, Amber, and I talked about hearing Marcus's dog's footsteps, the claws from his dog's footsteps on his garage floor, it was actually at Marcus's home after his dog had shortly passed away. And we talk about that tonight in this episode. But yeah, just welcome my friend Marcus to the show. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Glad to finally have you on. Uh, you're one of my go-to friends to talk about spooky paranormal stuff, so I know you enjoy this stuff just as much as I do. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. But it's good to finally be on here. I'm sorry it's uh, taken me so long. Oh, it's it happens. We get older. We're adults. We get busy. It's hard to get together. Yeah, unfortunately. Now we live in different towns. It's... It's just it's the way it goes sometimes. Do what you can, though. Yeah. So for for those that don't know us personally, me and Marcus, our friendship goes back a ways. We were on the same Little League baseball t-ball team together and kind of became friends a little couple of years later as we got a little older. And then the rest of history, we've just stayed friends since. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so we got a lot of memories and stories that we could tell, but not all of them are paranormal. Most of them are not. I just happened to have some a creepy house, and we got into some little creepy 
situations at nighttime at graveyards. Yeah, and we things. we definitely put ourselves into those situations, but <laughs> yeah, just because yeah, we're curious kids, you know, nothing else to do. Yeah, so why don't you just kind of talk about what you want to talk about, man? Like, uh, do you have like a certain memory when you think about like if anybody asks, like, have you ever had an experience like paranormally? Like, what story do you go to usually? Is it something from my house or something else? Normally, yeah, something from your house, probably. It's where I had most of my experiences <laughs> at, but I've had a couple at my house as well. Uh, I'm not really sure what to tell people whenever I do talk about my house because it's very rare that anything ever happens, but I've had random stuff happen here and there. Um, I've had, uh, I was sitting at my computer one night and I didn't have the fan on, the doors were shut, there's no like kind of air current, there's no current going through the room or anything like that. And there's a big gust of wind that just kind of blew off everything on my table at the time. And it was so hard. It made the blinds kind of move around and everything. So kind of freaked me out enough to where I just had to leave my room immediately and just have to go tell somebody. But now was this in the old room that you stayed in? Yeah, it was in what was used to be considered the den. So it's okay. So did it come from like the door? Like from where the door was to across where the blinds of the window are? Yeah, it kind of, it came from the door area. The door was shut. Like I said, there's no way something like that big of a, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. So was it like heavy stuff that was blown off or was it just like papers? It was mostly papers and everything. But like I said, it was so hard that I actually made the blinds move and everything that was right beside me. So it was, yeah. it was a decent force. No ceiling fan or anything No was ceiling on. fan or anything was on. So wow. it's kind of hard to explain yeah. how that happened. And I've, you know, when we've had sleepovers, I've stayed in that room. I know there's, it can get hot in there stuffy because there's not a lot of, uh, Circ- air circulation like right. you have that ceiling fan that's pretty much it so that's pretty much it yeah i've uh i don't think i've ever seen that type of a gust of a wind come through that room ever. no that that was definitely one of the craziest things that's ever happened in my house i mean i've heard things here and there that i can't really explain but mostly that's the that's the story i think of whenever i think about my house my house and everything so now when that happened did you notice anything else about the environment like was there any sound did the temperature change anything like that really it kind of came out of nowhere i wasn't expecting it like i was kind of off my own world sitting in the on your bed or something no i was sitting at my computer chair i had the computer in my room at that point and um it just like i said I, i can't remember exactly what i was doing i might have been drawing or doing something like that but like I said, I had the papers on the, um, on the table and blew them all off on me. So not really sure how to explain it. It's, how long ago was this? How old were you? Um, I would say I was probably like a freshman in high school, probably. Okay. I'd say, yeah, yeah. Some, somewhere around then. Man, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like I said, I, I've heard some other things, nothing that I can really say for sure, but that one's definitely one of the harder ones to explain. Yeah. Did you remember that time I was at your house and I heard like it sounded like Smokey walk up to me in the garage? Yeah, I do you remember, remember that. that? Yeah, still don't know how to explain that one. But <clears throat> yeah, I I was trying to remember when I was recording that episode and telling that story. I couldn't remember how soon after he had passed away that was. I couldn't remember. I would say within a month, definitely. Yeah. Like it wasn't very long at yeah, all. Yeah, I remember it just shortly happened. I was like, man, that's pretty wild yeah. that I heard that. Yeah, because I, I think back then you guys had like a fridge right in the garage where you got some drinks. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I was, I was like, I think I remember that right because I was going out there late at night for something. Yeah, 
Yeah, thankfully, I've never heard anything like that yet. Um, I mean, it's just really weird timing for something like that for it to not be. I don't know. Well, it's fairly common. I've heard a lot of stories like that. Like if someone loses a loved one or a pet or something, like in Amber's story with uh, her cat, my wife's story, uh, where she kind of experienced sleep paralysis and she knew as her cat like curled up next to her shortly after her cat died, like... I've heard a lot of stories where it's like the loved ones saying like, you know, we're okay, letting you know they're here, they're fine. But I find it very odd why Smokey would come to me, like out of you all. It's your all's house, you're their, its owner. Like, Well, um, most of the time uh, during his life, he was outside. Um, during the last little bit of his life, he actually got to stay in the garage, so... Uh, it's very possible that that's just somewhere he attached himself to afterwards. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, it's just good to know that that sound didn't go unheard, that you were there to hear it. And yeah. I don't know, it's something kind of comforting about it. Right. And some people, it's strange with the paranormal. Some people would have freaked out when they heard that, but I didn't. But I guess it could be because I grew up in an active house, but... I think it's strange because I just immediately, you know, I was like, oh, well, that was smoky, you know, and I told you yes. about it as soon as it happened. I, I got the drink and I came in there and I was like, dude, I think I just heard Smokey walk up to me. Yeah, we, we had another dog at the time, but they always stayed in my parents' room. Yeah, so it wasn't, it definitely, there wasn't a dog in the yeah, garage. There was definitely nothing else out there. Yeah, but it sounded straight up like a dog walked up to me because, you know, the sound, you know, their claws hitting that garage. Right, floor. yeah, the, you can't mistake that for for anything else, really. But yeah, like I said, definitely have had a couple moments in my house where I've kind of thought maybe it was haunted, but... Was there anything else? What else happened in your house? The one thing I can really remember the most was um, I I was definitely the only person at the house at the time, and uh, there was this pair of shoes that were just sitting in the kitchen floor, and uh, I had my door open, and I was just sitting in my room, and I could hear a pair of shoes drop. And I uh, kind of just looked in there thinking maybe somebody had came in home, came home and I just hadn't seen them, but there was still nobody home. I'm still not sure what that noise was, but it sounded like a pair of shoes drop and could have just been a coincidence that there was a pair of shoes laying in the floor in there. But whose shoes were laying in the floor? They're actually my mom's shoes, I think. And is that a she, usual place her shoes are? Not really. Like uh, they were sitting right next to a kitchen table. So it's not really a normal place for somebody to. Has she worn those shoes recently or anything? Did you ask her about that? I'm not really sure. I did tell her about it. Um, She didn't say that she had left the shoes there or that she didn't, but it was Mm. definitely... I knew she wasn't home, and for them to just make a noise like they were dropping is kind of odd, I guess. And you know, that could be like another loved one, like just trying to reach out or something. You never know. I I like these shoes. You should wear these, girl. (laughs) Yeah, Where are these um, tonight? I like these. I've had several people apparently in the past, uh, before I was born and everything, that had stayed at the house and thought that maybe it was haunted. Um, I've still not really came to a conclusion on if it is or not, but I've had multiple people say that they've been like sleeping in the room that used to be my room, um, and say that the blanket would get pulled off of them and everything like that. So really, yeah, never had anything like that happen though. So. I'm that's not sure. That's kind of spooky. Dude, yeah. that's like, when I was a kid, it was I was always worried about something like under my bed or grabbing my feet. Like, if I was I hanging know. my hands or my feet off the bed, I was so freaked out that something was going to grab yeah. them. 
and <laughs> yeah, I don't like any of my limbs hanging off my bed no, either. It's, it's just and to have something, something unsettling. Pull the sheet off of you while you're sleeping. That's scary. Yeah. Um. I mean, but you know, when we were growing up, we were you know we would spend days at each other's house, like. You know, one week I'd stay at your house and one week you'd stay at mine during the summer. And that the only thing I've ever experienced there was that thing with Smokey. But I, I mean, it could still be haunted. I don't know. It's, I, but as far as I can remember, I haven't really had anything too crazy happen at your house. But you live there. I don't. So Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say something about that. I feel like the longer you're at a place like that, the more weird sounds you hear. I mean, yeah, it's uh, you kind of know the own sounds of your house after a while. So I feel like uh, when you hear something that, you know, is not a normal sound from your house, you're kind of like, yeah, curious what it might be. But and you guys have done a lot of renovations, too. We have. And I've I've talked about that on a previous show where the renovations of an older house can stir up like paranormal activity since you guys have done this renovations have you noticed anything happen no i I haven't myself um my my dad's pretty big skeptic on the whole thing so i don't think if he even did hear something or seen something that he would tell me yeah Um, but i remember your mom's kind of about it right she believes in yeah she is she tries to avoid it though she she really doesn't go because you all went to the tv hospital the tuberculosis hospital in paris right yes we we did yes uh we did that, I'd say, probably when I was still in middle school. And you um, kind of did that as a family. Like, they went, right. your parents. Yeah. You. Um, she uh, worked at a newspaper at the time, and it was kind of hard to get clearance to go inside of it at that time legally. And um, she actually got permission from uh, the city and everything to let her go in and write a story about it in the newspaper and everything. And Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so she she caught a couple odd things on camera and stuff uh i actually do have a recording of uh some voices and stuff from the second time we went there and um i've been trying to find it here lately if i ever find it i'll definitely make sure you get to listen to it oh yeah dude i'd love to if if you find it i'll put it on one of these episodes yeah follow up it's pretty convincing um there was a there was a little girl's voice that um said mommy and there was uh, another woman's voice, and at the time, uh, the only people that were in there were male, so mm. it's kind of odd that it had yeah. been women's voices. Well, I know that there was like a fairly well-known paranormal team that went and investigated that tuberculosis hospital, and that was that was something that they captured was a little girl hollering, hollering for her mommy, like so yeah, I, guess I guess it was like a common like. Yeah, and it's even weirder and more of a coincidence that it happened on the third floor, which was considered the children's ward, I think. Mm, so, yeah. I mean. Yeah, the Paris Tuberculosis Hospital, for those of you that didn't grow up in central Kentucky, it was it was kind of like a local little paranormal hotspot where everybody would either kind of break in or like your mom rarely legally went in, but everybody explored it and it was just so crazily haunted like me and my brother one time we didn't even go inside but we just on our little phone recorder the little voice memo that you can record there was a side door that had window panels and the windows were broken out 
but we just stuck the phone in that little door. And Cody, my brother, just asked, is there anybody in there? And you heard a male voice just respond and say, yeah. Dude, that's how haunted it was. You didn't even have to go in. Like, you just right at the door. Is there anybody in there? And you get EVP. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you could go in that place and still not believe in something. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, everybody has their own beliefs. So Those uh, tuberculosis hospitals, man, there's just so much death and disease and just so much bad history to them. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate that they tore it down and everything, so many people won't be able to actually ever see it. But Yeah, I don't remember exactly what year. Maybe I'll attach an article talking about the Paris tub- Tuberculosis Hospital, but I do know they ended up tearing it down a few years ago. I will try to find out exactly what the date was. Maybe I can look it up right now. It's 2020. I have Google at my hands right now. I'll look it up. What year do you think it was they tore it down? Um, I feel like maybe 2012, 2013. I feel like it's been gone a while, but still doesn't feel like it's been gone that long. Maybe it hasn't been as long as I thought it was. It was opened June 14th, 1950. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the hospital was demolished in 2012. I have it right here. Yeah, sounds about right. So um, it closed in the late 1970s. So it was open for 20 years. So that's a lot of time for someone to die of TB. Like, so it's Yeah, I'm no sure surprise. it happened plenty of times. But In the 1980s, it was proposed to convert the shuttered hospital into an apartment complex for the elderly. Dude, do you know how haunted that would have been to stay yeah. in those apartments? Yeah, I can't imagine. And I think now it's just like a baseball field, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if they've actually turned it into a baseball field or not yet, but I know that that's what the plan was when they first tore it down. So Yeah, well, I actually have a brick from there. I went after they tore it down, and I have a brick. Yeah, just a it. little memory. Yeah, just a little uh, keeps Memento. Yeah. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> Piece of local history. Yeah, that's but, cool to uh, have. Is there... What other experiences? What about in my house? You said you had some stories from my house. Is that everything from your house? Um, that Those are the main things from my house. I can't really think of anything else that was... Um, I, I'd heard stories about my house, but it wasn't anything I've actually experienced myself. So those were the ones that actually happened to me. So I feel like that those... I don't know. Those, those are the ones that stand out the most to me. So no. yeah. Um, as far as your house goes, though... I would, there's just so many stories that I could think about from your house, so it's hard to pick just one, but I do remember a time when we were um, in the backyard, and we were playing some game, I think we would play it quite a bit whenever we would like, be hanging out and everything, and uh, I remember I was the person that was going to try to find you all. So, hold on, let's let's explain this game to the listeners. Okay. So... It was basically hide and seek. Yeah. Um, We would dress in dark clothing at night, and I had like a one-acre backyard, so it was bigger than most yards in the city, but we used it as like, at nighttime, we used like trees and bushes, and like, my mom had like an old wrecked van in the backyard, like we used little 
uh, obstacles in the backyard to kind of hide from each other. So it was like hide and seek. We'd have a couple of friends and my brother and I, Marcus included, would go hide and one of us would go look. And we eventually incorporated an airsoft gun. So the person who was yeah, looking... That was, a, that was a later addition to the game. But. <laughs> yeah. But event, like at first, we were just playing hide and seek in the dark. But eventually, it led to the person that's looking has an airsoft gun. If you get hit, then you're the next person looking. Yeah. But uh, continue with your story. Like, what happened while we were playing this game? Well, um, so I was the person that was it. And we would always have to sit on the back porch of the house, of course. And... um so after I got done counting, I kind of went through the whole yard. I couldn't find them, which uh, by the time you got to the end of the yard, uh, you, you would think that you would have found them by then. But uh, this is kind of a different situation. So I went back to where I started and um, I hear them and I see that they're inside of the building that they have. Um, and I... Uh, it was a garage. It was an old garage. Yeah, it was an old garage. Um, but... And so I like go over there and they don't come out. So I'm like, okay, usually once they're found, like, you know, you just come on out. But, uh, so, um, they tell me that they heard somebody or something like running through the yard. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I, I vaguely remember this. Yeah. You're, you're reminding me, but keep, keep going. I, I, I remember this really well for some reason. I don't know. It's one of those stories that kind of stuck with I me. I think but we went inside after this. We did go inside after that. <laughs> but keep telling the story. I couldn't really explain what it was. I didn't hear it. Um, it kind of freaked me out more that I walked all the way back there by myself uh, after hearing that they had heard that. But um, yeah, that I could tell that they were both... Uh, serious about it and who was it who heard this i don't think it was me it might have been cody and he might have told you but yeah. i could tell that he genuinely did hear something and I, yeah i remember going in after that because yeah, we didn't know what ran through our backyard yeah, it freaked us out enough to where yeah i don't think we wanted to be out there too much longer yeah i i mean i vaguely remember this i don't think i was one of the people that heard it but it was, I guess, the fact that he heard something but didn't yeah. see anything. So, But, you know, when you're hiding, d- playing hide and seek, you see where the other people that are hiding are hiding. You're like, oh, man, that's yeah. a good spot. Like, you see where they're going. So, like, I, I can't imagine if I was hiding somewhere else, I wouldn't, like, they wouldn't mistake me running through the yard as somebody else. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You pretty much, we, we communicate it whenever we were the people hiding. Yeah. So. We're like, we're going to go over there. So I don't know. I wish I remembered this better because it might be something that Cody remembers. Yeah. Um, I'll have I'm, to ask him, sure. but yeah, that's definitely freaky. Now I will say we usually had an outdoor dog. That was that's true. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I know most of the time, whenever you were the one that was it, uh, they would just kind of sit there with you. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah they, I'm not sure if that was one of those times or not, right? But if I mean, that was our house well, not house pet, he was they were an outdoor dog, but it was our pet, you know. I don't think my brother he wouldn't have mistaken the dog. No, for. it's it seems as though he he heard what was a legit like human or. At least a human size something. I don't think he world. would have uh, reacted the way he did had it been something right. other than that. Because it wasn't uh, unheard of for our dogs to kill like possums or stuff that got into our yard late at night. But you wouldn't hear that 
Like it yeah. wouldn't be a big, big noise opossum running through your yard. Yeah. Like not sound like a human for sure. Yeah, that that story definitely stuck out to me for some reason. Um I was kind of curious if you would remember it or not. I know it's been a while, but uh, uh Yeah, I didn't really remember that too well. Yeah, no. I do remember like going in after that cuz everybody was spooked. Yeah. Well, at least you remember that part. I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> pretty important part. Um uh, another story that kind of stuck out to me though. Um I remember you having a air hockey table uh in the basement. Yeah. And, I remember going down there sometimes to play it. I mean, most of the time, uh, it was just normal, like, you know, but, uh, I do remember a time where there was this little shelf, I think that, uh, you had several things on over to the right side of the table. And I remember a football helmet sitting on one of the shelves and, um, I, neither one of us were even close to the shelf. We didn't like bump it or knock it off or anything. And it, it's not like it actually like fell or anything. It seemed like it literally flew off the shelf. And, uh, I, I just remember not really understanding how that happened, but I do, I do remember that really well. That's one of the things that happened at your house that yeah, and still, that, I just can't forget about it. And that was another one of those stories we had texted about this and I was, I had kind of forgotten about that until you mentioned it. Right. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause I remembered once you had said that, I remembered looking down at the floor and still seeing the helmet rock yeah. where it got thrown onto the floor. And I was like, and what it was is I think one year for Halloween when my brother was younger, he was like Troy Aikman or something. It was like a Dallas Cowboys, like little kids football helmet. It wasn't like a legit football helmet, but we had it down there in the basement randomly. You know, kids take stuff places, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I do remember that. So it's, I don't know. I mean, my parents basement, it was a dirt floor basement. It wasn't completely finished and there was uneven floors, but that helmet had set on that shelf it there would have had to be in like with common physics there has to be a force for something to fly off a shelf like even for the shelf to move like there has to be some kind of force you know yeah this is uh this is one of the one of the first times i feel like i came over there too we hadn't been like hanging out a whole lot up until oh, that point oh, so man. uh a- that kind of I don't know. That kind of set the tone it for did. the friendship. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> if I hang out with this guy, weird stuff's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I found that out pretty quickly at your house for <laughs> for sure. But oh. yeah, those are the two that stand out to me the most. Uh like I said, yeah. there's there's plenty of other stuff that I had happened that And you were there that night when we were having the pillow fight and my brother got pushed down the step. Yeah, so I, you can vouch. That I can night, definitely. We weren't near him when he got pushed down the stairs. Not at all. I remember very clearly that I remember the bathroom being over on the right side, and I remember being closer to the bathroom than the steps. There's definitely no way that either yeah. one of us could have been close enough to him to push him or anything like that. Yeah. So, so if you're listening to this show for the first time on this episode, I talked in a previous episode about how. My friend Marcus here and my brother and I were having a pillow fight in my childhood home upstairs. And when me and Marcus were nowhere near my brother, he got pushed down the steps. So that's what we were referring to. But I don't know. It's another one of those head scratching moments. Like what happened? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do remember him being 
quite upset and I knew that it wasn't you or me. So yeah. I was like, I don't really, hopefully he doesn't think it's us, but right. like we knew it wasn't us. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's still hard to explain that one, but it definitely happened. <laughs> yeah. So what about stuff that's not at my house or your house? Have you had anything else crazy, paranormal, or like just strange that you can't explain happen to you? Yeah. Um, there's one other story that I can really think of that was in my childhood that um, I still tell everybody whenever I talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, it was um, it was an older house. It was near uh, North Middletown, actually. And um, they had, it was, it was a relatively big house. They had a room just set off just for a pool room. Um, and so they had the pool table and every, everything in there. And uh, so everybody was in there at the time. And I remember being one of the last people that left the room. I think everybody else left and they were doing some other stuff. And I was a kid, so I was just sitting there just uh, hanging out in the that room. And um, I remember the lights going off. I, I, I thought at first maybe somebody was just kind of like playing a prank on me or something like that. And um, I remember them coming back on. And I remember seeing a black silhouette in the doorway of the room that I was in. And so um, obviously they, they walked off. And by the time I ran to the doorway and looked down the hallway, they weren't there. And um, I do remember asking people, the uh, my parents, and um, I believe it was my uncle's house. I, I remember asking him if uh, anybody had actually done it. And uh, they were very serious about it by telling me that th- they had nothing to do with it. So, so I think it, by this point in my life that they would have definitely, hopefully told me that that was a prank. Because, right. No, I feel like they probably told you that. So this silhouette could you tell like any details about this person no was it definitely the size of a person it's definitely the size of a person um probably actually a little taller than the average person and um i I can't really make out any details it was just a black silhouette that's all i remember seeing Um, was there any windows nearby no i remember this actually being down under stairs uh uh, Mm. downstairs I, i believe so there was no windows or anything. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Because I know was. sometimes, like when you have windows, if someone walks by, they can cast a shadow from like street lights into your room. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been trying to think of yeah. uh, what it could have been. I mean, this that's whole pretty time, spooky but... though to see shadow figures. I know I've talked in a previous episode where I saw a shadow figure in the Paris cemetery. Yeah, and we've gone there some on some nights just messing around you know just walked around creep around but i don't know if i think we just kind of got spooked out i don't think we heard anything or experienced anything yeah. together there i think we expected it so much that just the paranoia from it just yeah. kind of and the best some of other people that was present in the company was a little more on edge and spooked yeah. out and immature yeah. Any, about it anytime <laughs> uh somebody else freaks out i don't know i feel like yeah. it's a natural instinct for yourself to yeah kind of freak out yeah. too mm-hmm. so well uh, I have a little bit of alien news that's been in the news this week. I don't know if you've heard about this. Have you heard anything about any extraterrestrial news this week? Um, not that I can think of. I think people what's are kind of... Hold on. Let me first ask, what's your take on aliens? Like, do you think aliens exist? Like, UFOs? Do you think there's... What do you believe? I definitely believe that there's a possibility that they could exist. Um, I'm definitely open to the to that being real. Um, but uh, 
I, I just feel like that there has to be something out there. I don't know if it's anything like an intelligent life form or anything like that, but I, I definitely think that there's other things out there and definitely things that I, I definitely couldn't explain. Yeah. Okay. Well, it seems like you have an open mind. So I'm going to tell you about this news that came out this week. Uh, this was posted on December 8th and this is NBC news. So it's a pretty credible source. Uh, Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like there's definitely I don't know if it would be alien related, but I'm sure that there's stuff that they have to keep from us that we don't know about. But I I could see that being it says true. it says here a galactic federation has been waiting for humans to reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's hard to believe something like that since, I mean, obviously it's never been anything that I've uh, experienced, um, but it, it's hard to know what to believe really with that kind of thing. Uh, I, I could see it being real. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, um, well, I'm reading further into this article. It says uh, the former Israeli space security chief has come out saying that Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. The unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here, and humanity is not ready yet. The former head of as Israel's Defense Military Space Directorate told Israeli's newspaper. So the interview in Hebrew ran on Friday and gained traction after parts of it was published in the English version by the journalism, the Jerusalem Post on Tuesday. So this came out Tuesday in English. So this is why it's news this week. It kind of seems like he's in a important, like in an important position. So it's kind of surprising that he would come off with something that that I don't know, uh, just kind of out of the norm, you know. Uh, just, yeah, I don't see any reason why he would actually say something like that unless it had some truth to it. And it says here a respected professor and retired general said that the aliens were equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand the fabric of the universe. And he said cooperation agreements had been signed between species, including an underground base in the depths of Mars. Can you imagine if this is all the truth? You know, it's dude, I want to see these signed documents. If they both, if both of these species signed the documents, they both get copies, right? Yeah. I mean, right? they, that's uh, how somebody, contracts work. Yeah. Um, there is an agreement between the u.s government and the aliens they signed a contract with us to do experiments here he said um he even added president donald trump was aware of the extraterrestrials existence and had been on the verge of revealing information but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria they have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand, in general, what space and spaceships are. 
referring to that Galactic Federation. So that's what they want to figure out. So, uh, I don't know what to make of all this. Like, I know not to, I'm not trying to take a political stance or anything on the show, but out of all of the presidents, I feel like Trump would be the one that would maybe, uh, tell us something on his way out the door. Like, Hey, by the way, aliens exist. I'm out of here. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, at this point, would anybody really believe that he said that? You know, well, I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. His credibility is not the greatest. I mean, he, I don't know. Uh, I think that's something that you'd have to look into. If well, he did it's mention um, it. as a country as a whole, we're pretty divided with anything, and especially when it comes to things when it comes to things that Trump say people are automatically divided over it. So it would be very interesting if he came out and was like, yeah, I do know. And they exist and all that. But I just thought I would touch on that. I don't, I didn't know it came out. Like I said, this is NBC news. So I didn't know if you had heard anything about that this week. I hadn't actually seen that. Um, I was pretty sure you're going to bring up, uh, something else. I, really? I, yeah. I, yeah. I so, know. I just had I had to bring that up this week because that's pretty big news and not like it's kind of getting swept under the rug with everything else you know the pandemic and everything but yeah I hadn't heard about that pretty so, pretty yeah. crazy thanks, thanks uh, for sharing yeah uh, I will leave a link to that story that article there if you want to listeners if you want to check that out it's and you, you could just search it you'll find more stories about it but I will post the link to the story I read. Now, there is another story that happened here in Kentucky that, you know, I figured, you know, we're both from here, the Bluegrass State. We've lived here our whole lives, correct? Right, yeah. You were born here? Yeah, I was born, born here. So, this is a good old uh, alien encounter, I believe is what it is, that happened here in Kentucky. Now... Are you familiar with the Hopkinsville area of Kentucky? Mm, uh, yeah, I've I've been there before. I'm not super familiar with it, but I know where it's at. Um, it's in Christian County. You know Christian County? It's like down near Bowling Green. Okay, definitely know Bowling Green. Um, not super familiar with it, but yeah, it's, like I said uh, I know it's definitely down south. This is like this is it on a map. Like that little dot. It's down more towards down the like western south, side yeah, of southwest of Kentucky, kind of near like the little tip. But it's uh, yeah, it's near Bowling Green. But this is this uh, historical event is known as the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. So it happened in like a small area known as Kelly outside of Hopkinsville. So this is uh, it's a pretty crazy story, man. Like it happened. <laughs> Dude, it happened in, in 1955 near Kelly and Hopkinsville in Christian County, Kentucky. So, like, this is a big, like, UFOologist story. So, what happened was there was this family. There was a few family members. Uh, let's see. There were two adults, Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor. Billy Ray Taylor. And uh, there were... Wait, there was five adults and seven children involved. So there was 
12 people there, 11, 12 people there at this house. And this family, they worked in the carnival, so they traveled a lot, but they were from this area, this Kentucky area. So while they were in town, while the carnival wasn't traveling, they were all hanging out together one night. And they claimed to see this like UFO. Like one of them went out. I think it was uh, Elmer Sutton, maybe. I need to get this story right. Let me see. I'm looking at uh, Wikipedia. I need to look at an actual news article. Yeah, the 11 witnesses arrived at the Hopkinsville police station were genuinely terror struck. So the story goes that these little like gray creatures, these little men, here's a little picture. I will post a link to this article, but here's a picture of the creatures that they saw come out of the spaceship. And they said these creatures, they fought off with gunfire for four hours. They had a standoff with these creatures. They were terrorizing them in their home, their farm home, their farmhouse. It was, they were peeking into their windows and in their doorways and like they were coming after them, like toying with them and they were fighting them off. And like, you know, people aren't just going to shoot at nothing. And it seems very strange that people would just brush off this encounter. But a lot of people have like, you know, they just say, well, they were drunk on moonshine. And, you know, you and I both, we've had our fair share of alcoholic drinks in our past. And I've never gotten to the point to where I want to do a four-hour standoff with little gray creatures that I'm seeing. Yeah, I can't say I've ever had that experience either. And the fact that there was children involved with this, and there was elderly people, I think that some of the grandparents were there even. Um, Let's see, there was seven children like were there when this they witnessed this. So there was 11 people that went to the police station scared. After they fought off for four hours, they went to the Hopkinsville police station. They finally, like, they fought off long enough to get a break to go to Hopkinsville because this happened in Kelly. It's outside of Hopkinsville. And they didn't have phones. You know, back then it was 1955, so they didn't have a house phone. They had to go to Hopkinsville to get help. And the you know, they were hysteric. They went to the police station. They were telling them what happened, you know, automatically, you know, people are like, what? What's you can definitely tell when somebody's genuine about it too. Oh, and yeah. The fact like that they were actually scared. Yeah. And... Yeah. And, um, I think this is kind of where the little green men and with the oversized eyes, cause you saw that depiction, the little sketch that kind of looked like that, like it had the big green, it had the big eyes. But in the original story, I believe they were gray. They weren't green. I think the green color got added later on because now in, I believe it's Kelly or Hopkinsville one, they have like the little green man festival or something now. Oh, they, they, they started doing that afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards it became kind of like a touristy thing. Cause it's a counter encounter happened, but that didn't start happening to like the two thousands. I think once they started making it like 
an encounter, but this happened in August 21st, 1955. It's a little, it would be a a little harder to believe had it just been one person that came and just told that story. But the fact that it was 11 people, I feel like getting 11 people on board with the same story. And I feel like that that's definitely a strange part about that. So yeah. There was just so many I mean, people that were involved that seen the same was, thing, and, and that it was of... several hours. And the thing is, like, ammunition's not cheap. To to sh- sit there and go at war, shooting off bullets because the police they went as soon as they reported at the station, they went to their home and they investigated, and they could find no evidence of the creatures, and all they found was the house and the windows were all shot up and everything. And that's why people were like, Oh, they were drunk on moonshine. They shot up their own house, but they would have to really believe something was like, they're messing with them to shoot up their own property, you know? And there's been interviews with like some of their surviving family members. You know, the story has been passed down since the fifties, but it's just really strange, man. Like, And apparently after the cops, after the police did their investigation, they couldn't find evidence of the creatures being there and they left. Apparently these creatures came back at like 3.30 in the morning that night, or I guess the next day that morning. And I'm trying to get an accurate ending to the story because... You know, it's one of those things when these old, like, uh, folk tales happen or this phenomenon, I don't want to call this a folk tale. I, this could, this is, these were real people. This happened, you know, like what it was, I don't know, but it's, um, it, the story can change over years, you know, just like the game telephone, you sit in a circle, you start with one sentence and everybody passes it along. It can be completely different by the end. And I think a lot of these little tales can get twisted. Like, just like the original little men were like gray or silver. And now it's like the little green men. Because if you look at like the original drawings, they kind of look like little gremlins. It's not like the typical I was thinking alien. gremlins as soon as you showed me the picture. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not like your typical alien when you think no, of that. So really. it kind of makes this experience a little more unique too as it's not like what you think. They didn't about. give a generic uh description of an alien like right. I mean you would expect. Right. And I don't know man, I on Wikipedia it said the family packed up and moved after this. Probably a good idea for something like that. However, I did see an interview with some of their family members, and I think it was like during that festival. And I don't know if that family, those family members still live in that area, because if they do, they probably didn't move. I don't know. I'm trying to get an accurate ending to this story. I'm trying to find it. Oh, here we go. Um,. I do know the main man, Lucky Sutton, like, he didn't like talking about it after this. Like, he didn't like being interviewed. He didn't like talking about it. Like, the story got passed on through the family, but if they were drunk on moonshine and just trying to make a deal about this or just trying to make up stories, he wouldn't mind talking about it, you know? 
Yeah, the the fact that he's not wanting to say anything about it is kind of strange. I yeah, like, like I th- I think um if he was out to get famous and like his family members are like he's not one to lie, he wouldn't just make up a story. Um, I don't I don't think you could just say they were drunk on moonshine, they didn't see anything, you know. Yeah. Um, do you happen to know how many people of them are still like around today, or uh, is it no. just that one guy? Um. I wonder if anybody else is open to talk about it or anything. You said that there were children there. I'm reading here in 2006, a research investigator followed up on the event. Um, In it, he raised suspicion about what he called Billy Taylor's embroidered testimony. He said it matched Taylor's UFO sighting with similar reports from that day which suggested a small meteor in the vicinity. I'm guessing this Billy Taylor guy may have saw a meteor. They're they're suggesting it wasn't like a UFO. I don't know. I just, I don't think, if you saw a meteor, that would be one thing, but seeing creatures torment you at your house and like, that's a yeah. That's a completely different story. Yeah, I mean, the UFO you can debate all you want to, but the the real strange phenomenon here is the creatures that came out. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm going to leave a link to some stories to get some more details about that phenomenon. But what do you make of that? Yeah, like I said, I mean, it sounds pretty credible considering the amount of people that were there. Um, I don't I don't really know. Um typically I wouldn't believe any kind of alien story for some reason. I'm just kind of a big skeptic on that. Um but I will say um it sounds like uh maybe we'll end up finding out more about it later on, possibly. I'm not sure, but Well, here is another interesting fact about this little area. So, you remember in 2017 when the big uh solar eclipse happened? Yeah, I believe so. And everybody I was think like, I remember that. they were getting their solar glasses. Yeah, yeah, looking up. I do remember that. Well, Kelly was one of the hot spots for this eclipse. And the crazy thing is, this this encounter happened August twenty first, nineteen fifty five. The eclipse was August twenty first, twenty seventeen. So it was the same day. Uh, let's see, sixty two years later. The eclipse happened the same day these creatures may have visited Kelly, and Kelly was one of the best spots to see the eclipse. There may be something there. I'm that, not, I don't want to speculate too much, but it is a weird coincidence. That is very weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how to take that. But see here how they've kind of turned it into like, you know, little green men. Uh, they've turned it kind of into a festival and kind of make a day of it, which... You know, small little towns in Kentucky, they got to do what they got to do. You know? Yeah, definitely. Get some tourism uh, in town. But, um... That's, uh... Yeah, that's definitely, uh... Definitely one of the weirdest stories I've heard about aliens. Like you said, most of the time, whenever you hear about something involving aliens, it's usually a UFO or something like that. How many people actually come out and say that they've seen the actual alien? So, and, and shot at them for four and hours. shot at them, yeah. That's uh, that's definitely strange. I'm yeah, not um, sure. And like I said, I've never drank any moonshine that made me see aliens. No, <laughs> no, can't say I have either. Man, 
It's, uh, so that man, Billy Taylor and Elmer Lucky Sutton, were they went through four boxes of twenty-two caliber pistol shells trying to fend off the aliens, according to the story published in Kentucky New Era the day after the alleged invasion. Kind of curious what made them actually decide to leave. You know, I mean, if it went on for that long, it seemed like that they were yeah. there for a reason. I don't know. It's definitely strange. Like I said, I don't know, man. It seems like they were the two that shot at these creatures. So maybe you could speculate they were the only two drunk. But if the whole family went down to the police station and witnessed it, I think it. You said it wasn't. It wasn't just a couple of them that told them about it. It was all of them at the same time going yeah, into the, the police it said station. There was eleven witnesses, so it was almost a dozen witnesses. So, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, you know, you if there th- was just two idiots shooting up the house. You, every, nobody, there was nothing there. Somebody be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and <laughs> I'm sure that they've told this story separate from each other and everything. So for all of them to be able to come up with a story that was so similar to each other that this hadn't already been proven that it wasn't yeah. real, you know, that's yeah. kind of, I don't know. That, there might be some truth to it. I don't know. I don't know if I believe the whole thing or right. not, but yeah. And like it, I said, there could be something to these that. old stories, like the details can get added later on and twisted, but I do think there's probably some truth to the bones of the story. It is an interesting story. Had you heard about this Kentucky story? I, I hadn't heard about that somehow. It's yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like, that's one of the cool things about this podcast. Me like diving into like history and finding out things that have happened even just around here. You know, we've lived here our whole life and I had like I didn't know much about that. I'd heard of it like a year or two ago from a different show that I've listened to in the past, but I I really just kind of started listening to it. I thought I figured you'd probably like to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, since it was from Kentucky, I mean, it's cool to hear kind of the history about certain areas and stuff. And Have you ever seen cool. anything up in the sky that you thought maybe, well, that's a meteor, um, or maybe it's a UFO? I, I myself, um, I, I had just left my house, but uh, like I said before, my, my parents, well, at least my dad anyway, is a pretty big skeptic on everything. So um, they had this camcorder at the time, and uh, I believe that they tried to get a video of it. I'm not sure if they did or anything, but there was this object in the sky, and um, it it stood out to them. It wasn't something that they had ever apparently seen before. Uh, I can't tell you for sure what it looked like or anything. It wasn't there at the time, but... Um, they seemed pretty sure that this had to be some sort of UFO of some sort. I, I'm really? really not sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it kind of surprised me even that it came from them, them telling yeah. me about this. And, uh, and I'm not sure, like I said, if they, if they did get a video of it, but mm-hmm. I know that it kept going uh, back and forth over top of uh, the area that we live at. So, really, yeah. And they said it happened for a while, long enough for them to go and try to find a camcorder and record it. And wow. I think by the time that they probably found it, maybe... I'm not sure if they got a video, but I'll have to ask them about that. Yeah, please do. It's, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. But definitely and, interesting. It's, and it's strange because you live in the middle of town, so with light pollution, it would have to be a pretty, like, you know, it'd have to stand out to be able to see it. Right, know? yeah. I can't remember exactly what time it was at. I know it was at nighttime, um, but yeah, yeah it's hmm. definitely Did, surprising. They, you don't know, like, the shape or... 
If it had lights. It had- um, I know for sure it had lights. Not sure about the shape. Uh, it's not something that the, I'd been able to talk to them much about. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll have to ask them about that more and see mm. if they can give me more details yeah. on that. Well, is there anything else you'd want to touch on, man? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure there probably is. Uh, I'm not sure if you've already talked about on a previous podcast or not, all these monoliths that are showing up everywhere. Uh, it's <laughs> Yeah, I did share some articles on my Facebook page, but I haven't talked about it on the show. It is strange. What do you think about that? Um, I kind of think maybe the first one, it, it could have been legitimate. Um, I, I'm not sure. I know that a couple of the other ones I've seen were kind of poorly made. And so I think it was just maybe people trying to replicate that possibly, yeah. but yeah, maybe that first one, it could have, it could have been something. I, I'm not really sure what, but I do. I agree with you there because the first one, I think that was found in Utah. Was it Utah? Yeah, I know it was in the desert. Yeah, uh, it was like in the desert. Apparently, they they looked on Google Maps, I think, and they did like a comparison. They went over the years, and apparently, according to one of my friends, I'd have to fact check this, but uh, they looked at the Google satellite images, and it had been there since like 2016, so it had been there just waiting to be found. Um, I just uh, I just Googled monolith in the news just now yeah and it looks like a fourth monolith appears to be inside a cornish stone circle oh i hadn't seen that one yet that's yeah so to be being in the everywhere. stone circle um but this is daily mail one hour ago posted this so uh, so this is super recent then yeah and daily mail you gotta kind of you know it's not yeah. always the trust best trustworthy source but uh the monolith was spotted at the center of the Mary Maiden stone circle hmm. yeah it seems like very uh random locations that all of them are showing mm. up at yeah and uh others have popped up in California Romania the Isle of Wight and Glastonbury oh wow yeah i didn't know there that many and Dartmoor like I I don't know it makes I would have to dig into each one of these and see, see like if there's there any has connection to, there has to be some that are copycats I'd imagine I, I wouldn't say that they're all probably authentic but what's authentic yeah I'm kind of they're all just like somebody like just messing around you know I'm kind of curious um how if you ended up looking on Google Earth or anything, if uh, you go back to each of those locations and seeing if they were there at the same time? or Well, I would imagine that's probably what they'll do with most of these. To, well, I hope they do. Some yeah, people hopefully. might just be like, I don't care. Like, uh, Yeah, they might just. I'm sure each territory will have to invest, <clears throat> will have to investigate it like their own way, whichever way they choose. Yeah. I'm sure it depends on the culture. Some people probably won't care. I'm not sure if it was the Romania one or not, but I'm pretty sure it was um they had placed that in an area that um was kinda I think it was preserved, maybe like a preservation area or something like that. I'm not sure, but um I don't think that uh I- I'm pretty sure that they could have gotten in trouble for placing it there. I I'm, I can't remember the complete story though. So Yeah. That could just know. be an artist like looking for a shock 
factor. You Could know? be, but yeah. nobody's really taking credit of it yet. So nobody's really getting the recognition. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the payoff is for these people, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the art to never know. Yeah. No, <laughs> but like you said, some of them looked a lot more well-crafted. I don't think it's the same person making all of this. Yeah, I don't believe so. Yeah. But I mean, like like I said before, it could have some connection to it, uh, at least with some of them anyway. So. Yeah. For sure. Curious to know more about it later it is on, interesting. hopefully. But, uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I loved having you on. I was happy to be here. And that's going to do it for tonight's episode, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with my friend Marcus and I. We touched on several different topics, not only the paranormal, but also UFOlogy and alien invasions that Marcus didn't know about. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and you also didn't know about these stories. If you have a story, again, that you would like to have featured on this show, simply call our hotline at 1-270-290-0900. Thanks, everyone, and have a great night.